is start recording here from uh, our my producer's telling us that we're a go. And uh, let's go. Let's start this out. This is Mexican Soccer Show. Luis Vasquez, as you know, I'm back. I took a week off. I feel like I'm going. It's really hot in Arizona. It's 120 degrees. And sometimes I'm, you know, I'm like, hey, we can't really go anywhere around here because social distancing. So it's about an hour and a half. And I just go to this like little spot where there's no, there's nothing. It's just woods and go camp out for the weekend. But then I miss out on games. So that's why I wasn't here last weekend because I really didn't, you know, watch. So I, I, I caught up. But this week I stayed in, watched the Mexican soccer. So I'm ready for the Mexican soccer show. I just don't want to come in here all unprepared. So yeah. So. Let's see who's on today. Mr. Tom Marshall, CDMX, Mexico World Cup. You know him. He knows you. Help. Oh. <laughs> spicy. Do I know them? I don't know. What's different today? <laughs> I don't know. It depends who's listening. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, the, the, the five usual listeners probably do know him. <laughs> yeah, there you go. More than five. We... Um, we we look at the metrics. There's a, there's tons, a lot a lot of listeners, like two thousand at the moment. So, but you know, you guys gotta make yourself heard sometimes. Like we, you know, say hello. But anyways, hi Tom, how are you? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Um, yeah, what's going on? Uh, not much really. Just Is the, the pandemic old... over there? I feel like people are starting to get out. I'm still trying to stay in. I know Amy and I are like, what are people doing? Seth started staying in. How are things in Mexico with it? We, Is it just us? Are we making a big deal? No, I mean, I think people are doing more stuff now, but um, but I mean, the, the numbers still aren't great, and you know, they were talking about kind of um, what's it called the the re what's it called the re the research or whatever, um, like a second wave or second wave, yeah. yeah, the second wave and all that, and um, that's you know, I don't know, so I don't know, but the joke is that it's never the first wave hasn't ended, so how can there be a second wave? So. <laughs> So yeah, no, it's still pretty, still pretty bad. I mean, yeah. um, we're just still staying in. We went to the park yesterday for like that's the first time we've been out, mm-hmm. and it was like just like seeing a couple of friends and like obviously with the social distancing and all that. And that was the first time we've seen other people like you know not I don't know. So yeah, it's no, it's not easy still. And yeah. Um, and yeah, it's it's difficult to see kind of league makes getting back to you know you see talk in Europe now of you know fans coming back to the stadium and. Um, I don't know. I've I've heard that in October they're going to kind of have a talk about that, but it's it's still really difficult to see that happening. Just because I don't know, there's not there's not not a move to kind of wipe it out like you see in some countries. It's just kind of now like right, we're going to live with it until there's a vaccine, and um, and obviously you know having thirty forty thousand people in the stadiums isn't it's not gonna it's not gonna help things, is it? Mm-mm. It all sounds so familiar. Why does it sound so familiar over here in the U.S. as well? A vaccine, Cesar. Tom mentioned a vaccine, a chip ins- inserted inside of you that the government wants to control. That's that's yeah. what I've been hearing. Is you you've, you've been reading QAnon? I, that, I guess yeah, we brought <laughs> QAnon to the Mexican soccer show. It is 2020. <laughs> that's less said about, less said about QAnon, the better. <laughs> Jeez, who would have thought? Uh, Cesar, what's up, man? I, yeah, man? I, I, all my friends went to like a casino for a bachelor party this weekend, and I was like, I just don't, I just can't, like, every, yeah, I, and I'm trying to figure out, I'm like, maybe it's just me, maybe it's my family, I'm, I'm the one that's yelling at people, and the good, th- I have not gotten sick this whole year though. Good. Well, hopefully, hopefully <laughs> like, I've seen extra, like, how dirty was I the other years? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm trying to think about. But anyway, well, like, well, I, I, 
I retweeted it like the one like non soccer thing that I like retweeted yesterday was just this like funny song this girl put out and it's just like it's just her repeating over and over again. It's just the pandemic isn't over just because you're over it. It's like pandemic isn't over just because you're over it. I mean, super catchy. That's how I feel, especially since it's Labor Day weekend and just uh, I don't know, like um, especially over here in the San Diego area, it's a little frustrating to see the amount of tourist amount of San Diegans that go out and do things as if the pandemic isn't. Yeah, the pandemic is like is gone for whatever reason. I don't. Know. It's confusing. It's bizarre. But anywho, but I'm but I'm excited to talk League of Mechies. I'm excited right. to to talk Diga's uh, problems. I'm excited to talk about the Mexican national team because yeah, I mean, it's kind of yeah, it's kind of. I mean, I know there are always reports that the game could be delayed or not, but if it's not, I mean, if it isn't canceled, I mean, it's it, it could be interesting that by September, this could be the first game that Mexico has played in 2020, which is such a bizarre thing to think about. It's been this long since we've seen Mexico play. So as that date gets closer and closer, I mean, the more and more we're all going to be talking about all three. Quickly, what was the last game Mexico played? Probably last November against... Like... Oh, I can't remember. That has never happened. Last November. I can't remember the last time Mexico played. This it was for the like, Nations League, ready. right? Ah, it was against Bermuda. It was against Bermuda. That's okay. what I, yeah, November nineteenth. Right. Okay, got it, got it. Cool, cool. See, we 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 prepare for this Mexican soccer show. Uh, all right, all right, all right. Let's. Uh, well, we'll talk about El Tri at the end of the, the show, so stay tuned. Um, uh, especially the matches coming up. We got some important news, possible matches that we know about. This is where we kind of lay it all down of the knowledge that Tom and Cesar and I have with what's happening with the Mexico. So we'll do that. But first, we're gonna continue with Liga MX. Uh, lots of. I would say new topics because it feels like America and how Chivas is doing and, you know, we're bringing in. But sometimes we talk about, you know, okay, well, uh, you know, the, the Monterrey teams. But I feel like this time, this show is going to be a little different with Liga MX teams. Um, something that we might not really talk about and really uh, dive deep. But because uh, we totally could go into what happened over the weekend with a lot of the teams. But let's go ahead and our topics would be. What is happening with Tuca and the Felinos over there, the Tigres team, who would normally give a pass out and be like, ah, you know, they'll be fine. Or, you know, Gene will score and, you know, he's Mr. Liguilla or what's happening. But there's a lot of different, I, I would say, problems and to, to kind of look at and what's happening. So we'll talk to them. Then we'll go a little bit into the what Pumas is, is going. Cruz Azul, who about a year ago, Sevoldi came in and no one had him past, you know, five months. And look what, look what they're doing. Uh, Liga MX is is uh, is happening. Um, no games today, um, but tomorrow. What tomorrow and the next day is nine games. Obviously, there's a lot of football happening this week too. So, where do we even start? So let's go ahead. Liga MX start with Tigres, and the question I have for you guys is, Tuca's. Yeah, let's talk about Tuca. Tuca has uh, has, uh, you know, we've seen that there's been problems. What what's going on with them specifically? There is maybe talks that he's trying to let go. Of some rumors coming out on the Mexican press that he's like, all right, I'm done. Uh, he has a contract to 2021. Is it Tuca? Is it the players? What is happening with Tigres? We'll start with Mr. Tom. Yeah, I mean, it's not going well. One win in the last seven for this team, for this Tigres team that's been pretty dominant. It's just absolutely nowhere near good enough, nowhere near the expectations. And um, yeah, I do think there's there's some cause for concern at Tigres right now um I don't know I don't know where you start really I mean I think I think we'll start off kind of off the field mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. I think yeah. we've some, seen some ill discipline 
Um, you know, last last weekend we, you know, Carlos Salcedo against Mazatlan, he played one of his best games that he's played for a long time. The next day is in Cancun on a yacht, going to dinner in a nightclub, publishing stuff on his social media. Yeah, and and then you know obviously lacking against Chivas, he was he was out of the squad, so it looks like he he's been disciplined for that. But not just him. I mean, Nahuel Guzman has got this radio show, Nandas Radio. Um, you know, he's been out for the last what I'm, I don't know, I think four games now, um, after testing positive for COVID nineteen. I mean, but I mean, he was doing that radio show, inviting like twenty people to do this show and doing it in close contact with everybody in the middle of a pandemic when the league was already starting. So for me, that's you know, he's a, he's a, he's obviously a really smart guy. That was a that was a really stupid thing to do, considering you know you can infect your teammates and you can infect you know your the, your opponents as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that I think that the, the same goes with the you know Diego Reyes was seen at you know Hugo Gonzalez's gathering. He had to clear that up, but then he suddenly turned is positive as well, so he misses games. So there's a there's a lot of stuff going on the field um, that that isn't you know that I don't I don't think is it doesn't look good. It certainly doesn't look good in terms. Of, I think we've seen changes as well in the running of the club. We've got, um, I think, uh, Miguel Angel Garza has left, mm-hmm. and um, was that it? Alejandro yeah. Alejandro Rodriguez is back. I think he's eighty years old, and he's now back as like the kind of club president. So you know, I'm not saying that's a that's a reason, but the, the stuff going on as well behind the scenes. Um, you know, if you look at the individual games, have been you know the. They've, They've conceded goals late, and obviously they would be going a lot more points if they hadn't if they hadn't have done that, and they were in winning position. So I'm not saying it's all kind of a disaster, but you know, even against Chivas, you could you could argue they were a little bit unlucky um, with that Carioca red card and mm-hmm. the penalty. Um, you know, I'm not saying it was 100% a penalty, but if that gets if that gets given as a penalty, and then he looks back at the replay, I think that stays a penalty because it was yeah. contact and um, the ball wasn't won. So yeah, so I mean, there's that. Then things just aren't—they're not clicking. I mean, Gignac has eight goals from eight games. Um, I think his expected goals is is five point eight two. He's had twenty shots on goal all season. So what I'm saying is he's scoring more than goals than than kind of you'd expect him to. That that he, that he should be scoring from the chances that he's that he's had. Um, he's just looked absolutely brilliant. Like he's on on fire. He's full of confidence in that. You know, he really missed playing the game during uh, during the the kind of off off period. Um, but you look at the some of the numbers of the people around him, and in terms of you know expected goals, in terms of you know players that have had real chances out of the eight games, or yeah, it's eight games now. There's only one other player with an XG of over one, which is who's Vargas. Um, you know, mm-hmm. you look at kind of Javier Aquino, um, just not you know two shots on target for your left winger all season just two and then on the other side you know i don't know there's not just not enough creation going on in this team it's um it's very reliant on Gignac right now and 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 other players haven't kind of stepped up um obviously the defensive defensive side is is another problem he just can't seem to find his kind of center center back partnership is it diego reyes is it mesa is it ayala is it salcedo i mean you've got so many chance choices there that the vast majority of Liga MX clubs would be desperate to have those kind of players. Yeah, you know, definitely. you've got you've got Jesus Duenas as a left back. Um, for me, he's not a left back. 
I mean, it just seems you spent so much money on so many players, and you've and you've got a midfielder as a left back, which which just to me it kind of it seems weird. Um, you know, I'm sure Cesar can talk a little mm-hmm. bit maybe about the younger players, but just how the players that have come in as well. I mean, Leo Fernandez just hasn't quite clicked so far. He's too probably too early to judge, but. Well, Dientes Lopez, who came over from Internacional in, in, in Brazil, who's you know, he's played a lot of games in the Brazilian first division, well established, prime of his career. He's shown nothing, you know. Um and so th- there's quite a lot of problems right now, I think, for 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 kind of for this Tigres team. And, and I mean I think one of the questions being posed in Mexico is when when is this gonna be kind of mm. um, rejuvenated? When are they gonna kind of, you know, start putting putting some of these younger players through and, and giving them opportunities yeah. i mean especially because i mean you, you just look at the average age of the roster and the starting 11 and it is definitely a, a a team that's aging and i think i mean what's what's really telling right there so tom was listing off the different um center back options right there but who didn't who didn't mention and i think it makes sense why he didn't mention is, is he didn't say that settle you know, this guy was an up and coming, you know, promising, like young Mexican center back. But I mean, the reason why Tom didn't mention him is because more than likely he's not going to be getting any, any minutes or a starting spot at any point in the near future. You know, so that's, I think it says a lot about how there needs to be kind of a, I don't know, more young options there. And unfortunately, a couple of uh, the younger options in that, I mean, I don't want them, I mean, you, you can't give them the blame. You know, it's unfair to blame backup goalkeepers like Carlos Galindo or Miguel Ortega, and they shouldn't be getting the blame here. But you, I mean, you, you do also begin to wonder, I mean, for these two players, I think have it exactly been the best. I mean, just look at that last goal uh, that Chivas scored, you know, over the weekend where Ortega comes entirely off his line. And yeah, the biggest defense, they were in midfield, they were definitely ball watching, but I mean, that gifted an opportunity for Angula there for, for Chivas to win it three to one. I mean, you wonder if things would be different, you know, if, if now what Guzman was in net in recent games, because like Tom said, I mean, <laughs> They, they they just they haven't been closing out their games, you know. They had a two-two away draw against the Luca that became an away loss after allowing goal in the ninety-third. They had a one-nothing lead over Pumas before allowing a goal in the ninety-first. They had a one-nothing lead over Mazatlan before allowing a goal in the ninety-seventh minute. I mean, obviously it was different with Chivas because they're already losing, but once again they allowed a goal in the ninety-third minute, you know. And it's just. And it's and it's easy to say ifs and whens and buts, you know, if that didn't happen, if this didn't happen, but if they didn't allow any of those goals after the ninetieth minute, you know, they'd be in fifth place right now. If they it's so yeah. it's so it must be really, really frustrating for Thegas fans right now. It must be incredibly yeah, yeah. frustrating too, just you, to see what's happened, just not closing out the games, you know? You know well, it's 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 bad when you lose to Chivas. Like <laughs> I I think that's where it comes down. Ten years and Chivas has, hasn't won in the Volcan, but Go ahead, Tom. Yeah. No, no. I mean, I think I think that that kind of hits hits the nail on the head, and it's not just a kind of problem of now. You know, it's not just us saying, "Oh, they've only won one in seven. Forget about it." This is an ongoing debate, and I think it's a just debate about Tuca's time in charge. Yeah. On the one side, you've got the titles, you've got this team that's always fighting for the top, and you know they've they've done. It's been an amazing period that'll go down in history. Absolutely no doubt about it. But sometimes you look at the squad that they've got, and and you know, not not particularly this year, but you know, certainly over the last over the last few years, maybe five years, and when you know when when some of these players were were more in the prime, and and you think, you know, this is the big question mark. Could, could they have been even better? You know what I mean? I mean, I think the Concacaf Champions League is mm. is always kind of alluded oh. to. 
Don't um, mention it. That Libertadores. No, nah, Libertadores. There it is. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Um, and it, and it's kind of like, you know, that that's the question. You know, and I think I've I've said it and wrote it a few times. It almost seems a lot sometimes like this is a team that plays with the handbrake on. You know, that it's kind of it still moves forward. It still goes. It still rolls on, but it's kind of not going at full capacity. And, and and that's the feeling that you sometimes get when you watch Tigres and certainly mm. this season. Mm. But we'll say it again, would it surprise us if, you know, Tigres is a champion this season? No, no. Not particularly. Um, <laughs> but move, moving forward, they've got big, big yeah. issues. I mean, you know, um, you know, Alejandro Rodriguez, the president, they, they need a smart plan moving forward now. Um, and so far, it's not going well. And when I say that, they need a smart plan because you've got key players. Nahuel Guzman, 34. Ayala, who's been brilliant, to be fair, 33. you got, you know, Torres Nilo, who's kind of on his way out, 32. You know, you've got Pizarro's 30. Carioca's 31. Aquino's 30. You know, Gignac's 34. Vargas, 30. And you've got a lot of... Duenas, 31, who's, who's been a massive player for this club for, for a while. you got so many players over 30 who have been such you know, long-standing players for the club. And you look at the players they brought in, and, and so far it's not really clicked for them. I mean, I think that's fair to say. I mean, I think in terms of even Quinones, you know, he's the, the 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 two of them, I don't think they've... I don't know, they've done, they, I don't think they've done what was expected of them. Uh, Leo Fernandez, I think, obviously, is very, very early to, to, to kind of judge him. Um, <laughs> Tercero, he's, he's come in now and then, but I don't know, he's, he's not... And I'm not saying it's his fault, but he's not kind of established himself, at least in Tuca's eyes. You know, Diego Reyes has it's not been amazing. You know, if you compare him to Ayala, then you're picking Ayala pretty much every time. Salcedo has just been the 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 such a massive kind of loss of form. Um, Jordan Sierra, who came from from Carretero, again, he's not quite done it. Mesa, he's been okay, pretty good. You know, and then you look at the reserve goalkeeper over the last couple of games, and and you know that there's question marks there. I mean, you wouldn't want that reserve goalkeeper Ortega playing for a full season. Um, and so yeah, I think I think it's a club that that it's going to have the money to do that restructuring, but it's going to be also be fascinating to see how they do it because it's not looking like it's going particularly well so far. Um, and and they are doing it already. I mean, you know, Ulises Cardona as well. They bought they bought from Atlas. And you know, twenty-one years old, really bright prospect, zero minutes. I mean, he's just, you know, he's just like Tuka's just kind of going to be playing him in the reserve team and training with him for for the next couple of years before they even play. So, yeah, it's re- it's really interesting. It's a it's an interesting situation at Tigres, and um, I don't know. It's it's a kind of an exciting challenge. It is going to be you know an exciting challenge over the next couple of years to kind of see how this team morphs into into something else and see if they can maintain this. The level that they have over the last, you know, almost decade right now. We really shouldn't like over like overlook that reliance on Gignac either. I mean, Tom brought it up earlier. Um, some of the stats right there, but some additional stats which just says so much about how they're relying on him. I mean, yeah, he leads Stigatis in the league with shots so far. You know, thirty six. That's not surprising. But like Tom mentioned there with Vargas, you know, being next in line with for the team when it comes to XG. I mean, when you look at the next player, the next Tigres player, when it comes to total shots in the league, it, 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 it is Vargas with only eight. And if we're looking at in the entire league, that wouldn't even be in the top 45. You know, he'd be he'd be ranked 46 uh, yeah. with, Chic- with Chicote Calderon and Miguel Ayun. <laughs> for the, for, and he's and he's a he's a Tigres player with the second most shots this season. 
that's that's I mean, I know Gignac is a target man, but come on. Like you can't that no matter what he does up top, like that's just not a reliable game plan. And Gignac is getting older. What what are they going to do? You can't just find a Gignac. A Gignac to Liga Mekis like situation is like a once in a decade, I feel like, kind yeah. of player, you know? You can't you can't easily replace him. So what's the plan B there? What happens if he retires? What happens if he has an injury or drop in form? That's what's worrisome for them. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I think they'll have to change to a degree the way they play as well. Um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, how do you replace all those goals, not just this season, but, you know, going back and, and just what he's meant to the old club as well and kind, kind of how he's, you know, put this this team on his shoulders as well in, in certain games at really big moments. I mean, um, yeah, you're watching him as well and you, it's, it's hard to believe he's 34 when you see how, you know, just how dominant he's been this season. He just, like I said, I think he's almost like he looks possessed like he's absolutely desperate. Just looking at the numbers now, I mean, you know, eight goals in eight games this season, but even last season, twenty goals in twenty nine games. Like he's just like he's not slowing down. Have we been like and I mentioned this earlier? It's kinda like, yeah, Tigres will be fine. Um and maybe this is a whole talk, and I don't want to bring in the equipo chico or whatever like that, but I feel <laughs> that the and Tom kind of alluded it. They haven't done anything big with what they had, but just because he moved to see, you know, see that Mexico, he can say that now. But um, if I, I feel like the pressure that being a big team, you know, is always there, demanding from the fans, demanding from all around the country of of, of a team that represents Mexico, right? As much as uh, you know, the top the top four in the history that they have, you know, could it be that? Because Tigres won a few, you know, had an impressive run in the last ten years. It's it's kind of like when they start. Well, you know, you kind of just well, it's Tigres. You know, they'll be fine. And I feel like the pressure from the fans, the pressure from the media, the pressure from everybody that what a big team like America or, or or Chivas or even Pumas and Cruz Azul, right? It's um, it kind of puts pressure on the leadership, puts pressure on the coach to to make sure to keep you know. To keep growing, so I, I don't know if there's something there. I, maybe it's just me rambling on, but I feel like no, something no, to get but, away with it. Yeah, no, I, I think it's interesting, and and I think you know everything you said there's you know has some a degree of validity as well. But I think there's another factor, and I think it's the the system, the system in 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 Liga MX. It's just so forgiving, and even, I mean even now you know yeah, right. you, you know they've won two games in out of eight all season, and um, I've not got the league up um, right now, but they're in. Um, you know, they're in 11th position now. It doesn't matter. Know, anybody can still qualify for playoffs. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 Atletico, so it, San Luis can still make it. Yeah. 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 No way. Yeah. 100. I mean, and and this is this is the thing. So specifically with Tigres now in 11th, um, you know, they've only to be fair to them, they've only lost two two of the eight games. Um, but is is the thing right now? We've got this debate, and we're debating it, and other people in Mexico, you know, other media are what's the future of this team? Why is it going badly? Is it time to change Tuca? I mean, it's. I think even Tigres fans are asking whether, you know, Tuca should be staying on, which is a bit weird. But um, but is is the thing now, if you kind of take this and now it's it's just a straight season, you know, there's no playoffs, just in that alternate reality. And your Tigres now, you're seven points out off the top with, with, nine, with nine games to go. Like you're really struggling you're really struggling now to to kind of get that title. Like it's kind of like you need to you need you absolutely need to win on um, the you know your midweek game 
against um, away at Leon, who are top of the table. And that all of a sudden becomes a massive game that piles the pressure on. You know, all of a sudden you win that game and, and you kind of, you're within, you know, maybe six points of the lead then. Um, but obviously there isn't that kind of, and this is, we talk about it quite a lot in terms of the players as well. How does it affect the players and stuff like that? I mean, can can you do you have to play on the edge all the time? And I think I think it's a good example. Tigres is a great example of you know you, you don't have you know they can get away with being average for a lot of the season and and you know find a bit of form later on and and, and it's fine. Whereas I don't know, there's not that scrutiny that there would be. Um, you know, if you say in in La Liga, you know, even if you just take away Barcelona and and Real Madrid, you know, if Atletico Madrid, if Sevilla table then that's crisis for that club you know what I mean halfway through a season if you're mid-table that's not it's just not good enough and big questions start coming up and and there's and there's pressure so um so yeah I, I, I do find it interesting to to kind of just wonder sometimes what the mm-hmm. conversation would be like around Tigres you know if they weren't in the playoff spots like they are <laughs> because at the end of the day they're in 11th they're in the playoff spots yeah that's the most ridiculous thing isn't it is that like even like oh yeah there's these Tigres issues times they only have one win the last seven or look at them. They only have two wins so far this season, and yet, I mean, they're not only in the 11th, but if they're, if they're for some odd reason, if they're one spot below, they would still be a playoff team. <laughs> you know, so like, maybe, who knows? Maybe, maybe this is the plan for them. Maybe Thuk was like, you know what? You guys have had a long, t- like, had a long break. You know, we're not just take it easy. Go yeah, party take- on boats. <laughs> go party on. Go invite as many people as you invite want. Invite as many people. Show. We're good. <laughs> but I mean, I guess it's it's fascinating because like, if you were to guess one team that's struggling that it that that can struggle for quite some time but can pick things up in uh the postseason or just the end of the season it's it's Thetis, you know and we've i forgot who was it might have been the the status kicks people on twitter whatnot they had a they had a list of i forget who was posted this but the league of mikey's players with the most uh playoff goals over the last five years and of course at the very top it's Gignac. You know, we know that Gignac really steps up during the playoffs, too. So, I mean, maybe we could all say what all we want. We could criticize him all we want. But more than likely, they're still going to qualify within the top 12. And they, more than likely, if we're looking at the recent past, you know, they're going to have a strong finish and potentially finish within the top four or top two or win it all. Well, we're going to be looking back at this conversation when Tigres wins the whole thing and be like, eh, yeah, it's Liga Mekis. <laughs> It's like, we'll yeah, they, and so, so, so we'll still pick Tigres to win. It. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, baby. Yeah, yeah I like, mean, yeah. The, com- the, com- the conversation has changed quite a lot because remember when Leo Fernandez came in and we were like, oh, my God, uh-huh. this, yeah. could be, this could be provable. But anyway, yeah, I mean, other teams that I'm sure we're going to talk about now, uh, like uh, Pumas, who came in very little let's you know, go expectations, and then all of a sudden, look at, look at them flying. Yeah. All it's, right, let's just jump into Pumas and we'll go with. So let's start with Tom. We'll start with Mr. Cesar this time. Pumas, it's a team that we're we're just seeing there doing the things it's supposed to do, not having lost a single game in second there, with a you know, scoring a lot of goals, fifteen goals, um, seven goals against. Uh, is it time to finally say that Pumas are contenders? Or so. do we go, well, they couldn't beat Tigres, they couldn't beat Monterrey, <laughs> they couldn't beat Juarez. Is this just kind of like, they're having a lucky season. It's Wait, I, let's just wait. I think so. I mean, I uh, you know, in late August, mid-August, I guess you could say too, I was thinking, I was like, you know what? Like, yeah, they're undefeated, but, 
you know, they're getting this 1-1 draw against Juarez. They're getting a 1-1 draw again, another 0-0 draw, another 1-1 draw. So you're thinking like, all right, maybe they're getting a little bit lucky here. And I know their last two opponents weren't exactly the strongest opponents against, you know, Cholos and Puebla. Yeah, and even that Puebla game, though. Like, they, they feel like they just parked the bus and Puebla's <laughs> like, we got this, it's Pumas. And then came back. Sorry, go ahead. I mean, no, no, it's, it's, it's fine. No, it's, it's, it's fascinating because, I mean, this wasn't like a 2-1 to win. This wasn't another 1-1 to draw. I mean, it was two games in a row, you know, where they just... You know, racked up in a, a big amount of goals. You know, seven goals over two games. That's not to be ignored. And I mean, as as I've mentioned, you know, I thought they would have to rely on Carlos Gonzalez and Dineno up top. But man, Talavera's been having a great season. Iturbe has been playing well. Johan Vasquez has been crucial. You know, some good occasional performances from Mallorca as well. So this went from a team who I thought was gonna, you know, almost like Tigres, are just like, all right, just give it to the guys up top and let's see what happens and see. Hope hope we can create some magic. To you know, a lot of a lot of other options within the roster really stepping up. I mean, obviously, it's not surprising with Talavera, you know, but I think we have to give credit to a lot of the other members of the starting 11 here. And yeah, I mean, they're they're looking like true contenders. You know, it's this is not only a team that's able to get these draws against some of the tougher opposition out there, but when it comes but when it comes to those inferior opponents, I mean, three nothing win, four to one win. Th- those are big statements. Yes, yeah, yes. No, I- I think I think um, I think you touched on a really important um, subject there, Cesar, in in terms of you know some of the players that maybe haven't found form before have found form. I, th- I think Mayorga has had a great Pumas career before end of the season. I think Iturbi as well. He's never really shown much in Mexico. Now he looks like a real player. Fabio Alvarez, to be fair, he's had a good 2020, but. You know, he's looking like a, a real Liga MX player after coming from, from MLS and he's looking like he's got the quality. But the other side of it is the strength in depth now. I mean, you wouldn't have picked out Pumas as like a club that or a squad that has particularly great strength in depth heading into the season. But now you look at it and you kind of look at the bench that they had um, against Puebla and you've got Mosso on the bench. Um, I think he was being—he's been punished for another one, another one of them partying. But then you've got the new signing uh, Waller coming off the bench as well. You've got Leo Lopez as well, who, who for me is a, could be a top player if he could get his head right. Um, you know, Figueroa, Mendoza, you know, Quintana, who's played a lot of Liga MX games now. Uh, Juan Pablo Vigón, who's you know one of the most known players at the club. Iniesta, who's who's been a starter regularly as well. So all of a sudden, you've got these kind of competition for places. You've got you know the the Eric Lira, I think, has been an absolute, absolutely brilliant um, in that kind of holding midfield role. I mean, Jose Rivas as well at right back coming in. I think he's only seventeen. I mean, so all of a sudden you've got kind of these a bit of competition for places as well. So, um, and and I think it was so. I think I seen a tweet from SofaScore saying that you know in terms of clear cut chances created, Boomers have created most out of any team. So they're doing something right. You know what I mean. Um, what I would say is I think if you've got two strikers like Dineno and, and Carlos Gon- Gonzalez up front and you can get them, you know, balls as close to goal as possible in terms of crosses or, you know, you know, especially, especially crosses, if you can get the ball to them, they're both really good in the air. Um, they're both pretty good all-round strikers, to be honest. Um, they're going to get your goals. And I think that's what that's what's happened. Um, I think that I think it's Dineno has got the highest XG of any um, any player in Liga MX this season, you know, he's getting in the position to score, and, and he's scoring them. To be fair, I think the XG and the normal goal scored are pretty similar. To be honest, so yeah, I, I like 
I, I like this this Bournemouth team. I, I do think they're going to struggle at some point. I don't think the I don't think they're good enough to win a title. Um, but yeah, I think I think they've really just I think they've got a plan. I think they've got a, a way of playing. They've got a plan of how they want to carry it out. And I feel like there's a lot of um, there's a kind of really good spirit within the camp. Um, Another Sebastian Salcedo has been out as well, so you know that that's going to add even more to the strength and depth. But I just, I just feel like it, it's it, when you see him celebrating the goals and stuff, it feels like it's a you know it's a happy place to be. And I think that might have been born from they've been through a lot. I think the players have struggled against the kind of management um, in terms of the the payments. You know, during this, uh, during the pandemic, then obviously you had Mitchell leaving just before the season. You know, you never know which way it's going to go, something like that. Um, but it seems like it's got the players even close together and, and kind of, kind of, you know, us against the world because this is a team that took a lot of criticism before this, before the season started. There's a lot of people saying Bournemouth are going to do absolutely nothing, and you know, game by game, they're kind of uh, proving people wrong. I think. You know, especially with, I mean, really quickly, I mean. When I was looking at, you know, some of the players that left, you know, when I saw that Pablo Barrera was leaving, who actually, I mean, he was doing all right with them. You know, when you saw that Malcora was leaving, in my mind, I was like, all right, those are two pretty important figures there and experienced figures there, like extremely experienced that are now leaving the team. So I thought I was like, you know what, like, Bumas might struggle here. You know, like, I thought it might not be able to take charge in, in the midfield. But yeah, no, Bumas have definitely proved me wrong. That's for sure. They de- def- definitely proved me wrong so far in this season. I still think it's a fluke. <laughs> you never know, Liga Mekis. Things change pretty quickly. I feel Pumas does this like every few years when they have a really good and it's like and then rom womp womp. So they got a know, nice backup yeah. plan with Talavera. I, I mean, Thala, I mean that's 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 quite that's true. Nice. If everything that, else um, fails, like that's just quite a leader you have back there. I mean, recently stopped a penalty uh, yeah. against Solo, so just like I don't. Know, that's 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 not a bad backup yeah. plan to back. Yeah. Okay. I think if we're, you know, maybe, maybe we could do a, do a pod on it, but in terms of signings of the season, I think so far Talavera has to be has to be kind of in the in the conversation. I mean, I just, you know, it's it's just the level of authority and experience that he's brought to that defense, and it's a really young defense as well. Um, I think he's been he's been massive, Talavera. Talavera national team material over a try. I mean, one you... day, one day, <laughs> keep it up. Yeah, so send right, him right, to a gold right. cup or something, right? Just send him to another gold <laughs> cup. Let him do something. I think maybe Tana... see what he's got. Tanaveta won the gold cup in 2011, I... I think. I think he did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because Mamo got the whole Clemutero problem in 2011, and he won that. I think he was there doing that 4-2 win. All right. Well, we're coming back with national team stuff. Um. All right. All right. Pumas. Pumas. I still think it's a fluke, but we'll switch it up. Who isn't? Who I think is gonna be victorious this season and Liga MX is going to break, especially Liga MX English, is Cruz Azul, who, with all the problems off the field, with the with with all the suits and all the things that were happening, with I, I feel like this team just continues to to do well, and even though the, all the problems they've been having, but Cruz Azul, right now, uh, top five, um, you know, if you're looking at points from this season and last season, I think they're number one. I think Leon is also up there. Has, you know, has won the the, the other asterisk type of season. Um, but uh, Cruz Azul doing things well. We'll go with you, Mr. Tom. Uh, I Cruz think it's different. Cruz Azul, I mean, say it again, sorry. 
I, I think it's more of a case to win the title than, than Pumas or doing yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you. And I think, um, to be honest, you know, the coming off that, the loss against Atlas, and I think um, I think Siboldi basically summed, summed it up. They've got a problem against teams that sit back. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think Carretero did it earlier in the season, got a 1-0 win, and, and Atlas did it last weekend. And Atlas deserved to win that game. Um <laughs> You know they, they didn't they didn't play particularly nice football or anything, but they deserved to win the game. They were the better team. They they knew what they were doing. They stuck to the plan and and they got the result. And Cruz Azul, you know, like Cebolli said, they struggled a little bit to to break Atlas down. Um, and and that could be a problem moving forward. But yeah, you know, in terms of you know in terms of picking a, a team for a title, I think as weird as it sounds to say with Cruz Azul, exactly. You know, from what we've from what we've seen this season, you know, it's. Uh, it's a good, it's a really good team, and and again going back to the same thing with uh, with Pumas, and I mean even more, like the strength in depth is is ridiculous. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you you've got Piojo Alvarado, who I'm not like, worried about now, but you know he's been on the bench, he's not played much this season, he had uh, COVID nineteen as well, um, he's not really found his form since then. So, um, but yeah, no, I think I think you know, good win for Atlas. Um, it's interesting from the Atlas side as well. It's like you know, problem solved, right? They're de- they got that win. Boom, they're all right now. Yeah, <laughs> now they can. Yeah. Now they don't it's have to like, win for the rest of 2020. Yeah, it's interesting for Atlas though because it's you know you're supposed to be a club that plays good football, that, that entertains. You know that's the kind of DNA of the club. But then then you get a manager who plays kind of defensive way and you win games. So it's like. I don't know. Is is that is that what you want? Is that not what you want? I don't know. It's interesting from a kind of, you know, for for Atlas fans to see to see if this app keeps going going forward. What what they would uh, say? Right? I imagine if they're winning a title, then they won't care. But <laughs> at least, I think that's at least a long for way them, it looks well. it's looking better for, uh, under Coca. You When's know? the last time? Yeah, the no, last they, time they really. Good. Um, what are good. that? <laughs> yeah, I think probably what ninety nine two thousand. Wow. Like genuinely, it, uh, like yeah. With, you have to really uh, think about it, though. <laughs> yeah, no, I, but, I don't think. It's the, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, but I think, but yeah, but I think, but yeah, for Atlas, I mean, the good news is just like I, I think they've been fine, you know, under Coco. I mean, Coco, I, I saw him a lot when he was over here in Tijuana and uh, taking charge of Cholos, and he had a pretty good season. He put up good defensive numbers, and then. They qualified for the playoffs, and then of course Cholos got rid of a, n- a number of players, and then they they fired him after he had a bad run of form. So I'm I'm excited to actually see what he can do uh, in this new role with Atlas. And I mean, got that draw, he got that win with Gareta. I'm pretty sure he was in charge by then. But either way, like a narrow loss to Leon and a one nothing win over Cruz Azul. I mean, that's not bad. That's definitely not bad. And maybe this can kind of be you know the thing that turns things around for Atlas. Because yeah, I mean. It's not, and I, I know a lot of us criticize them, including myself, for not having the most exciting roster, but they still have interesting pieces. You know, you still have Malcora, you still have Acosta, you still have Ibarra, you know, it's, it's, it's not bad. Maybe the defense could be a little bit better, but I mean, even looking at other players in the attack, we've seen the flashes of brilliance that Isihara, you know, can provide as well. So that's, it's not, it's not a bad squad. And if, 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 if things improve, even just gradually, I mean, here's the thing, it's the top 12 teams go through. They just need another win or two, maybe just a handful of draws, you know, and, and a win. And they, they, they could be within that those top 12 spots. So 
even just gradual progress, even if it just means, you know, working on the uh, on the defense, there's what Koka should be able to do because he was able to do it with Cholos. He, I think he was very impressed by that when he did that over here. But if he just does that, then who knows? Maybe Atlas can be a, a playoff team, and we'll see what happens after that. They've won two games, Cesar. Hey, that's not it. <laughs> Their new coach oh, wait, just oh, took wait, charge. Wait. Just, it's, not, it's not bad. All right. Yeah, looking, they're looking like they've got an idea now. They, uh, just a quick one about Chivas as well. Uh, we didn't really talk about them um, in that Tigers conversation, but yeah, I thought they looked really good against Tigers. Um, I, th- I think it's almost the um, the opposite of of Cruz Azul. I think Cruz Azul are going to struggle against team that sit that sit back. Um, no, sorry, I think it's the same same issue. Chivas <laughs> <laughs> went against Tigers because. T- Tigers were coming at them because Tigers were like had a quite a high line considering there wasn't a lot of pace in the defense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Chivas looked a l- very organized, it's typical Vucic style. Um, they get the ball and, and they kind of move forward really quickly, and, and that's how they did damage to Tigers. And I think Tigers almost lost a bit of confidence yeah. after seeing just how quick Antuna is. I mean, he's ridiculously quick. If you play that style of football, it can be a, a really devastating player. So, um, so, so yeah, I, I think that when T, when Chivas face those kind of teams, they're going to do pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they don't, then I don't know. That's maybe when you know Vucic might have to kind of change things up and introduce maybe you know maybe a different system, different players as well. Maybe a player off the bench who can kind of like come on in and you know just like provide a head tackle of sorts to really best with the competition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, good That's win. Cool. So all the Chivas fans that thought I hated on them like two weeks ago because I got some messages. Because I said oh, they're an annoying team, they're not. I always... Dang, what are the Chivas on North Depot doing in your DMs? You're like, know, right? you're like, watch yourself. We, so I know. I got someone like, you thought we were annoying? I'm like, no, no, no. I was just, I was saying the more popular, and I said annoying just to be funny. But no, no, no. good win for Chivas fans. Deserve it. Um, something positive. Fantuna scoring. Although Holta Jotamasia has left Leon, it's it's good to see him do well. And um, because people are saying is he broken? I've said that you know. Um, so uh, no, that's 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 definitely good. Um, also, Club America. So it's funny how one would like the, the topics that we have with Liga and Mekis team. It feels like Chivas in America are doing bad, and or and then they're doing okay now, and then they're doing bad. But we'll see. Uh, Liga MX. What else? What else? Before we go into El Tri, Leon uh, on the top. I, diff, I'm still a little worried because they are not scoring any goals, but it's weird to say that they have the best defense, which is odd. Um, to, to to do that, but uh, we'll we'll see where they're coming from. You have Pachuca in there, but again, this this all doesn't matter because there's gonna be 12 teams that are gonna make it to Liguilla, and Tigres is gonna win. What matters? Does soccer matter? What yeah. ma- what truly matters? Is this does this matter? What what truly matters? You got it, you got it, guys. <laughs> I'm like Black Lives Matter. Black. <laughs> uh, all right, all right. Well, let's jump into L3. National team, we left it at the end. If you made it this far, congratulations. We'll, uh, we're talking about La Selección. We'll be playing um, against Costa Rica. And I and I keep checking to see if this game is going to be rescheduled. There was a player like three weeks ago. I don't, and Tom, I was going to message you on this. So who is in Belgium? God, I just forgot his name. Um, este... Belgium people. Govea? Yeah, yeah. No, is it Govea? Was a player? Yeah. Or maybe. Oh, yeah. somebody, somebody somebody said something that like the game was canceled 
the no no the the Holland game. A player said it. And I'll send uh, it. Ah no no the um, they were. It was last week. I've not heard anything since. But they were. The, I think the Mexican Federation were trying to get com- confirmation about the rules in the Netherlands to to confirm the hundred percent they can travel and don't have to undergo quarantine. I think that was the issue, but I've not heard anything about it since. So I assume that it's gone okay. I mean, I assume they don't have to. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it does seem kind. Of, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, it does seem kind of crazy to have these international dates right now and to be traveling all over. I mean, it, it, there's something a bit weird about it. You know what I mean? Because you still got a lot of cases in Liga MX coming out, and then you only need one player on that plane. I don't know. I'm sounding really negative now, but but anyways, yeah. National team, yay! Yay! National <laughs> yay. Team. Um, then there's there, then there's a Costa Rican um, federation. Their the last thing I got from sources is saying that uh, there's like a right, you know, regulations that the teams, you know, making sure when they go to Mexico and they have to look at that what they're gonna do and hopefully it doesn't get canceled. So it's, I think still everything's up in the air. But let's hope. I don't know if it's hope because if they're not supposed to be playing, they shouldn't be playing. But um, Liga, I mean. Mexico at the end of this month, and then they go to Holland to play in in, and then I believe there might be another game around there uh, against. Uh, I, I, I think a team from Oce- the latest. Oh, I thought I heard Oceania team from Oceania, which is New yeah. Zealand or or Australia. He had, he had New Zealand first, but then then I think the latest was Japan. It could yeah. be Japan. And then so, I'm hearing there might we'll be. Fourth game at the in no, another game in November. So just this is if you're still listening to us. So there's um, in Europe another game in Europe that they they might be able to do, like a big game. Yeah. So we'll see. All right, but let's talk about uh, let's talk about the Costa Rican game again. Uh, we're gonna be seeing Costa Rica US a lot in the next year and a half. Um, but um, specifically, you know, this is gonna be as we all know. This is there's no Europeans that are gonna travel. This is all gonna be in in house Mexico type of uh of team so don't expect uh the europeos to make it because of covid um but uh it'd be interesting to see who you know not only who takes the leadership but what are the youngsters that are going to come in and i think that's a topic of discussion tom you if you haven't uh in all your listeners if you haven't clicked on tom's uh next the five players that could be called up this is a pretty good article and man cesar is always always keen on looking at the youngsters um but uh are, will we see a lot of surprises in this, or is this is this that kind of be like no? Let's stick with the people that work, um, because here comes some. Well, I guess they're not important games, but here here's, it's comes a here comes a very very heavy schedule for the national team next year. So what do you guys see? Because what do you reckon? I mean, I think when you when you consider the the long list of games they're going to have in 2021, which are going to be official competitions. You know, I think now when you're looking at this game against Costa Rica, in which you could potentially look at some Liga Mekis talent, I mean, I think, I mean, Tata should 100% be looking at some some fringe options. You should be 100% looking at some up-and-coming options, you know, because it's not that, it's not like points are going to be on the line, especially, you know, against a team like Costa Rica and the Estadio Stick, I think, I think you have an opportunity to give some some young players uh, some minutes. I mean, Tom has has an interesting list uh, that he has, which includes actually one uh, one older player too who hasn't had a call up, um, which I think we've all been calling for. I think it's Rafa Baca, who's who's thirty years old from Cruz Azul. But 
Um, so other players, I mean, I, I think Tom's going to go through some players on his list, but I, I think some other interesting figures that that aren't on his list, uh, I think Jose uh, Reyes from Cruz Azul. I mean, maybe it might be a little too early from him, but still, I've been pretty impressed with what he's done for a team like Cruz Azul. I think an interesting name, too. I mean, I talked about this with Tom before, but Avion Ramirez with Leon, who I completely forgot about. I completely forgot about him until he came back this season. I mean, he's... 24 so he's a little bit older but he hasn't started in the last two games but i think he's been fantastic for them playing as like a as, as a right back as like as a winger you know I, I think he had some an excellent work rate uh but to i guess to to eventually go over to tom's list i think one player that stands to me from tom's list just because i've been keeping an eye on him uh because he's been playing for Cholos is uh is Victor Guzman. And no, not, not that Victor Guzman, different Victor Guzman. Um, he's 18 years old, plays as a right center back. I mean, he's made the occasional mistakes that have hurt Scholes this season. I mean, that's for sure. But, I mean, he's only 18 years old. You can see he's got a lot of potential there. You know, he's very, very confident for his age. You know, he always seems to be providing, like, plenty of tackles and, and actually pretty important when it comes to long number of passes that he provides in the buildup. And obviously, he's involved in youth national team setup, too. So I think those are some of the more interesting names. Uh, but for me, I, I, I'd be pretty excited to see Victor Guzman uh, being given an opportunity here. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, on paper, it's early. You know what I mean? If this is a full national team call-up where you're picking 23 players and, you know, the European players are involved, then he's not on. You know what I mean? But, you know... I think Tata likes to 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 kind of open the, you know, to open the call ups up. You know, he, he picked uh, Bizuto last August when he'd not even played one single Liga MX game. That was before the Under Seventeens World Cup. So he's obviously seen something in Bizuto at youth level and called him up. Now, Guzman, if he if if Tata Martino thinks that that Guzman could be the, you know, in the squad in 2022, which is you know, it's not by no means impossible, then I, I'm. I think he, I think Tata Martino would do that. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, the list that I put out is also is also players that have not made the debut. So there, there are quite a few other players who have kind of, you know, they played a few minutes here and there. I think um, Johan Vasquez, I think uh, Sepulveda as well at Chivas have already got, you know, they've already got minutes. There's, there's quite a few of those kind of players. You know, the you know the Macias obviously, um, you know Alexis Vega at Chivas as well. You know Cordova. These players who kind of yeah. Over the last in in kind of 2019 2020, you know they, they got those kind of opportunities. So so they, so these guys that I'm picking are, are ones that you know and even Iram Mier who, who could well be in the squad as well. You know he he's already got minutes at full national team level. So there's a lot of players who have who have already got um, minutes behind them. Um, Adrian Mora as well. You know he didn't he didn't play last he didn't play well in his last appearance for Toluca, but he's a big big physical centre-back, left-footed, you know, he he could well be of interest as, as well. Um, you know, but but I think the obvious one out of all the players is Beltran, uh, Chivas. Um, you know, he's just he's just such a well-rounded central midfielder in terms of, you know, he, he, get, he gets his tackles in, he wins the ball back, he's good at harassing the opposition, but when he's on the ball, he's so technically gifted in kind of tight spaces, you know, he plays really well between the lines, he, he kind of, you know, technically is good, he's got a good passing range, um, and I, th I, think he's, I think he's almost a definite to be in there. I mean, he's missed a few games because of the coronavirus as well, but... Um, but yeah, I mean, I think his only weakness is basically physically he's not he's not very big, and obviously his aerial game 
isn't isn't great either. So so I think he's kind of a player who, you know, I can't, I can't imagine him not being in. Um, and it's kind of exciting when you you know kind of you put him and kind of Carlos Rodriguez, for example, in the midfield. Um, you know, it could be it could be pretty exciting. Um, I think Santiago Jimenez as well. Um, you know, sometimes I watch him and you think you're not completely convinced, but I think he's got all the attributes to become a top striker. You know, that doesn't mean he's definitely going to become one, but you know, he's he's pretty quick. His 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 physique his physique's good. His movement's good. He 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 does kind of um, press press pretty well as well. Um, you know, and, and I think at 19 years old, if you're starting for Cruz Azul. Um, I don't know. Even that in itself tells you that this is a guy who kind of um, who, who is already going to be kind of you know getting the attention for the national team. Um, you know, obviously you've got Raúl and, and Chicharito. Who we don't know what's going to happen with him. Then you've got Macias. You got Henry Martin, who just continues. I mean, it's been ridiculous, but he, he's he's. Goal ratio for America is ridiculous. He's gonna be the um, new Uribe Peralta. It's just like, yeah. yeah, he's he's not he's not the guy. Oh, he's he's not exactly like the youngest guy in the team, but he's probably just gonna be like for the rest of his Liga Mekis career is gonna be scoring like five to ten goals per season. Yeah, <laughs> normally how it's been in the national team though. You yeah. know, before yeah. the Chicharitos and and you know like that golden generation, it was it was people. It was it was the Borghettis who were late in their career, you know, the Rodrigo Peralta. I felt like it always happened that way. Yeah, no, definitely. And um, I don't know. I can't tell if he's that good, but I think he is. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah, kind of like I keep thinking he can't, he's not that good. He's not that good. What does he do? And then he just scores a lot of goals. And when you think about it, he is, you know, he's pretty good with his back to goal. He involves others. He's he's kind of he's not tall or anything but he's he's kind of he's strong he's got a low center of gravity he holds the ball well i don't know um then you've got other players as well you know um lalo aguirre you know i think he's done really well at santos i think alexis vega will be back as well as long as the the kind of um you know the disciplinary stuff doesn't get on top of him (laughs) and and yeah so so yeah i think i think rafa back as well i mean i don't know i'm not saying he's 100 international quality but you know, I don't think any player has got a higher pass percentage completion rate this season than Baca. You know, that that cruises on midfield. Siboldi has lots of options, but Baca's held his place. You know, Baca's there. I think he shields the defense really well. He uses the ball intelligently. Um, you know, it might it might not be the the right time for him. He might his ball might have kind of sailed already. But um, but yeah, I thought it was worth putting in there because out of the players who who kind of haven't got any caps at all. He's probably the most, you know, established in Liga MX. And then I think the other interesting ones, the, you know, is the goalkeeper position, because um, I don't I, like again. If you're picking your 23, I don't think these players get in. But you've got Acevedo at Santos, who's who started really well, and you've got Malagón as well at Necaxa, who's kind of carried on from from what he showed at Morelia and looks to be looks to be a really good goalkeeper as well. So, so you've got two young goalkeepers as well that. That you know, will, will Tata Martino want to have a look at either of them? I mean, you know, the you know Ochoa and Orozco have kind of been his two, and then you've got Hugo Gonzalez, and then you've got Raúl Pocota, um, who you think, you know, are the, is he going to kind of pick pick those two as well, or is he going to kind of you know is now the time to bring bring in a, another option, bring in a younger goalkeeper to have a look at? And uh, I just think with Malagón. I think Tata Martino was he praised um, 
Guedes Morelia team a lot. You know, he was like, oh, the best team, they're the best team, they play the best football in Liga MX. And I think part of that was the way they played out the back. And I think part of that was uh, Malagon and, and the way he kind of distributes the ball. So I don't know, I'm just kind of putting putting things together. I'm just putting things together. And, and, and I think maybe Malagon is just a bit ahead of Acevedo. But we'll yeah. see. There have been numerous reports too. I feel I feel like some people like who was it? I think it was like Ruben Rodriguez from like Fox has like made has, has like talked about Malagon potentially getting call up too because I feel like there so so it looks like there's maybe like a decent chance that he gets uh gets the call up and he's he's done all right I mean not 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 I don't know not the most exciting goalkeeper out there but yeah I mean he's still fairly young and I don't know it's good to see like young Mexican goalkeepers like getting minutes so I don't know, but it'd be interesting to see him be, being uh, given a call up. Do you, do you guys think that this is, and I don't know, I, I haven't been excited, maybe because of the quarantine, but I feel as far as youngsters and as far as players in Liga Mekis, like when I'm looking at what, you know, all the names that you guys are saying and all the minutes that they're getting, um, you know, it's like, this is this is going to be really good. Like, I hope that they do get a ton of ton of minutes and and I feel like the, you know, the Europeans, the, the list is dwindling, it's getting smaller, but the youngsters that are actually getting minutes that are playing and that you know, are coming in Liga Mekis, um, I feel like this is probably one of the best Liga Mekis squads that we've had in a while, if it all works well. I mean, I'm, I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe Tom will have a little bit more of an unbiased lens here, but I feel like every single time, like, there's like a list of like up and coming young Mexican players. I'm like, all right, here we go. This is it. This is the generation. And I feel like we've been talking True. about that for quite some time. But I mean, no, but I agree. I mean, I mean, it's, but it's, teams it's, are, it's, these, these guys are actually playing in Liga Mekis and they're getting minutes and they're doing something in the teams and before i felt like they're winning you know sub 17 world cups some of them are going to europe when they're young and i'm not saying you know knocking them off because they're giving us the you know where we're at and world rankings and the world cups and all that but as far as liga and maggie's talent from the youngsters to what we have now I feel as if we can really we, we have a really competitive squad, and then sprinkling the Europeos. It was it was like Europeos, and then sprinkling Liga Mekis. For I feel now, yeah, we have Raúl and and you know Edson and and, but I feel like Liga Mekis is going to be the core of of this team going forward. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I, I agree. It's just it's the same old problem. It's the it's not the problem of quality. It's the problem of quantity. And just percentage wise, there's only a certain amount percentage of players that. That, that, that go on the trajectory that you think they're going to go on. You know what I mean? And and so, whereas another country might have 10 players of a certain level and, and you know, yeah. three of them go on to, to achieve what what the maximum kind of capacity or whatever, then in Mexico maybe only has one. You know what I mean? Or, or has five and you only get one. You know what I mean? So so it's kind of... So I think that's the problem. It's the there the are more players now, but it's still like not the kind of breadth of um, of younger players getting opportunities that you'd like to see. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, you you look at you look at some of Mexico's better, best young players, you know, twenty five and under, and you look at you know you look at Macias and you look at Alvarado, you know, Charlie Rodriguez, Cesar Montes, Pineda, you know, Marcel Ruiz, even even Romo, um, you know, Cruz Azul's only twenty five. Um, you know, and, and there's there's cause to kind of to to think that this this there is quality there. I don't think I don't think I, I'm sure there's quality there. Absolutely no doubt about it. 
it's just like you know Gordo as well at America that we kind of sometimes forget. Um, but there is there is you know Sepulveda at Chivas, the centre back. I mean Angulo at Atlas, the left back who although he's not played particularly well of late. Um, you know Ivan Rodriguez at, at Leon as well. I mean for me he's a he's a really really interesting kind of holding midfielder. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think the quality is there. It's just what's going to happen with the careers and you know ideally now you look at for me what. I don't know. I mean, you can argue it either way, but you know, if you look at kind of Mexico's best three under twenty-three or best potential or um, or best four players, say, and you look at kind of Cesar Montes is, is at Monterrey still. You know, Charlie Rodriguez is at Monterrey still, and you could argue that twenty twenty has been a, a year that is kind of not improved. You, you know, if you're being really, I mean, I know it's been hard with the, with the situation, but um, you know, Alvarado. The last few, the last couple of months haven't been great. Um, but you'd want to see, and Macias, you'd want to see all of those players in Europe right now because they're 100% good enough and, and they're good enough to challenge themselves in a better league. And I think that's, it's just the ongoing problem that Mexican football has. It's, they need the best younger players um, to, to be playing at the, the highest possible level. And, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult. It's more difficult for Mexican players than, than, than players of other nations for, you know, for the for the financial reasons, but also the passport reasons. You know, we see the players from the states, we see the players from Argentina. Um, you know, getting these access through the grandparents to to kind of a European passport, and then just going over there, 16, 17, 18 years old. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. it's a completely different path. But um, but yeah, it's um, but yeah, like I said, I don't think there's any reason to think this is this is a worst generation for Mexico, and, and I think there's a lot of reasons to be hopeful. righty then. Thanks for just taking my dream and <laughs> stomping it and just doing that. All right. No, I'm getting uh, excited because in my mind, I was like, oh, man, if we we're like low on content ideas, it's like we should just do like the top 20 like Mexican prospects and like rank them or something. I don't know. I was just, yeah. I was just like thinking about this. Like, hey, we should rank them. <laughs> like, yeah, that's a good idea. No, All right. But, but also like think about 2012 with the gold medal. Think about the like kind of wave of euphoria and what was going to happen. And, you know, these players are going to do this and do that. And then Marco Fabian had his career and, you know, Giovanni Dos Santos had his career and Javier Aquino had, you know, went to Europe. And you know what I mean? It's kind of like, it's still pretty good to say that I don't feel worse about this generation than that generation. You know what I mean? I think there's there's plenty of cause to be um that there, there are enough good players i mean obelin pineda i mean i kind of started to write him off and and this season all of a sudden he's like he looks like his old self again and it's yeah. he's just such a brilliant player mm-hmm. you just need need as many of those kind of players as possible who have massive talent ceilings to make the most out of it and and that's that's got to be the hope with tata martino that, yeah. that has to be and what I, I... he's absolutely just praying for well that's what i'm saying it's like you have your league mx players and then you know you sprinkle in some europeos some mls you know i would think pizarro would come is coming back and jonathan dos santos is coming back and then the leadership that i don't know i don't know i don't know we'll see we'll see we'll see we'll see um all right it's gone over already the hour mark um we'll continue to talk the national team uh you know we'll continue to keep an eye on to see if any games get canceled there was gerardo Arteaga who said something that the game in Holland got canceled that no one picked up on it. And I didn't want oh, to tweet really? it because I didn't want it to be kind of crazy. <laughs> it was funny because I was like, if I tweet it, what if everyone tweets it? And then the game doesn't happen, so I'm not going to tweet it. <laughs> but now we we're saying the pod. We just talked about it. Was it we get like 1,000, yeah. 2,000 listeners? Now it's 1,000, 2,000 right. people who do it. 
there you go. Well, you guys don't ever tweet anything at us, so they'll still say they'll <laughs> stay stay secret because there's. I figure there's a lot of people that don't even have Twitter that are on on Mexican soccer show, and they're like, every time you tell us to shout out, we so we don't. Um, we have Instagram, and our Instagram is awesome. Done all by uh, Miss Amy Lopez, who's doing an awesome job. So if you have Instagram, follow us on Mexican soccer show. But guys. Uh, great, great show. A lot of different topics, just really in-depth on teams that we normally don't talk to. We talk about Tigres, but going into Pumas, going into Cruz Azul, and, uh, a little bit of Chivas there and there. We talk about Atlas. Like, come on. it's We, we spread the love, except Atletico San Luis and maybe Monarcas we don't really talk about a lot, so we'll see. We'll see. All right. Because <laughs> they don't even exist, no. Mazatlan. Uh, <laughs> what are teams that... Um, yeah, All right. and it's changed change as well. I think Paco Palencia might be on the on the ropes there from reports. And a uh, change in Akaxa. Uh Poncho Sosa out and Profit Profit Cruz is back. Back of the awesome. Liga MX is gonna be Liga it's gonna Liga MX. Okay, guys. Um well that'll do it for the Mexican soccer show. Any other topics? Anything else mentioning Mexicans abroad? No. We normally go into I mean, what do you want to talk about? Like Hector Moreno's minutes that he got, like for Al Hassad or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and, and um, yeah, I mean Raúl Jiménez. I think they start the Premier League season no, this this mm-hmm. time. I think Irving Lozano. Pretty interesting comments from Gattuso, yeah. saying that you know Chucky Lozano right now he knows where he's at. I think I think Gattuso said ah, Lozano thought he was in PSV. Sometimes he thought he was back in Mexico, but I think. This preseason, he's looked like he knows what he's at Napoli. You know, he's a big European club, so that was positive. And I'm, I'm kind of excited, really excited about seeing Lozano this season. I think it's gonna make or break him this season. And um, I, I don't know, I'll always back Lozano to to do it because he's throughout his career, he's always stepped up when the uh, when the challenge is, you know, is great that's in front of him. So um, I'm, you know, I'm really looking forward to it. Also, shout to Jimenez for winning those end of the season awards with Wolves. He won the what, the 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 yes. MVP of the season. Also, I think most important, he got the players like player of the season, which is really cool. Because like a, as as I tweeted Wolves out, player t- is that a Wolves player like yeah Wolves thing? players because oh. like as as I tweeted out about it when he got the awards, like it's obviously it's really cool. I mean, you see his goal scoring, you see like the assist he provides. So of course, like you know, media and fans, we're all gonna like you know just give him plenty of praise. But it's just I think I think it's just as important to see that like his that his teammates think that like he was the top player this season, you know, it just says a lot about, you know, they what he was maybe that's why. Yes. Yeah. Or she's just like, yo, so think about it. All right. Let's just, let's just analyze this. If he didn't get it, <laughs> after what he did, you think Ro would be like, if you guys, I'm out. <laughs> management ownership was like, so we know you're about to write an Adama Traore. We saw that you wrote an Adama Traore. Traore you gotta give, I mean, you got to give players player to Raul Jimenez. We want to say <laughs> Jota was, you know, got got it. Traore, we could. All right, guys. Uh, national teams. We talked about. We talked about Liga MX. Some Mexicans abroad. Thank you. Thank you all. Keep listening. A special thanks to our producer Amy, who puts us all together. And uh, shout out to uh, Adriana, who's um, man. I was going through her Instagram, and she's got a lot of either bug bites or something's happening. So oh, Adriana, I don't know what it is. I don't, the bugs I, holding her back. I don't yeah, know. The I don't bugs think are it's keeping her hostage. Bug bites. I think it's medicine is on the way. All I know is that I'm like, is the, med- the medicine got there? I hope she she's okay. I don't know if it's maybe a rash or something. Adriana, if you listen this far, the podcast, hope everything's okay. Hope we get you on the show soon. 
All right, guys. Um, well, that's it. Liga Mekis, Mexican Talk Show, Mexican Abroad. This is Weasel signing out. Tom, Cesar, thank you very much. Y hasta la próxima.